As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. This is Talk of the Devils, the Athletics podcast dedicated to Manchester United. Coming up, we might be talking about an absolutely ridiculous goal scored by Alejandro Garnacho, but what a win. United winning the Premier League by more than one goal. They evaporate their negative goal difference and there's even strikers on the score sheet. We'll definitely go into all the aspects of that 3-0 win over Everton. We'll preview Galatasaray as well. And I'm delighted to say we have a full house of Laurie Whitwell, Andy Mitten and Carl Anker to do it as well. Just one place to start, though. Gallo joining in from fullback. Gallo for Garnacho! Oh, wow! Oh, wow! That is one of the great goals in front of a stunned Gladys Street. Special beyond special. Yeah, what an absolutely ridiculous goal. Carl, you were the only one of all of us who was there to see it. In fact, you're still at Goodison Park. You sat in pretty much the seat where the manager holds his press conference. You look like you've uh, achieved Andy's dream from the last podcast. <laughs> the way I'm sat it resembles a bit like the Zoom press conferences we used to do. So you will have to chime in like, yeah, there you go. I'd like to ask a question of Carl. What was it like to witness that? Surreal. Because it happened so quickly, you didn't really get your bearings. So I, I, I didn't celebrate as much as I normally do. You know, Laurie and Andy know how I normally absolutely throw my arms and legs around. Well, I sort of sat there and just went, blimey, that was good, wasn't it? I was sat in the car in the passenger seat uh, watching it on my phone uh, and just shouted out randomly, what a goal. Like, it instantly just got goosebumps all over. Andy, you were supposed to be there as well and you're not. You've missed Manchester United's final game at Goodison Park and one of the greatest goals they've ever scored in the Premier League. Nice one. Why don't you rub it in? Sorry. I was. I had accreditation. I... Um... Put my daughter to bed last night and she's my youngest one. She started vomiting at quarter past seven and stopped at quarter past four this morning. And uh, it's the only weekend when my wife wasn't here. So when she vomited once or twice, I'm like, oh, you'll be sweet. It's all out of your system now. You'll be sweet. I had a flight booked and she just carried on vomiting. I thought, I just, I, I can't leave her. I'm a dad. Lost the flight, the hire car. My flight from Manchester to Istanbul leaves at 7.45 tomorrow morning. My mum even brought me some chocolate eclairs in because she was expecting me tonight. 
And uh, yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? You know, I'm sure other parents can relate to it. So yeah, I've not had a go at her for making me miss it, but she no. she did <laughs> she did watch it with me and and she did go wow that's a brilliant goal. Larry, I need to get your reaction on that goal as well. I mean, Garnacho said he couldn't believe it. He only knew what he'd done when he heard the crowd because he was like face down in the Goodison turf at that point. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, I was uh, watching it with my son. Well, you know, from what you can see so far, uh, four weeks old. Greatest but, goal um, he's ever seen. Yeah, I, I let. It's the greatest goal he has ever seen. Good. I can categorically say that. Um, yeah, let out a few expletives, so hopefully that hasn't resonated too deep into his his brain, his <laughs> developing brain. Um, uh, but oh, what a goal! Just absolutely outrageous. Just it, it's one of those goals where the only kind of reaction is wild astonishment, and you know swear words are fitting in in this kind of moment. You do want to be in a crowd of people, limbs flying, don't you? Um, all over the place. And I know we've all experienced it in different ways, but we'll all remember, I think, where we were when we saw that because instantly your mind goes to. I mean, I tweeted, didn't I? Goal of the season? Question mark. And I nearly, I, I knew for me it was like I was trying to really say goal of the decade or something, create you know something out, outlandish. But I just didn't want to get people sort of telling me, well, actually, you know, there's, there was this goal, and you know, you think Wayne Rooney straight away, don't you? That's the one that comes to mind. The side of the pitch, the position of it. I was already purring because of the move. I mean, it, like Lindelof to Rashford, which was clearly a, a, ta- a tactic because he did it a couple of times after that. Um, you know, great build up to, to begin, and then you sort of it, it hung in the air just enough for you to go. No, don't hit it from there. Oh, actually, maybe you could hit it from there. And then, but just wow, the, the the speed of it, the purity of the connection. And the fact that also it was in a game where, okay, yeah, it's not necessarily to win a title like, you know, Rooney's was. Um, but it was in a game where the first goal was going to be important because of the way the Everton fans were up for it. And I think it did take the sting out of it, initially at least. Yeah, I heard Diogo Delo speak after the game. Really interesting. He said that yesterday at the end of training, the strikers were doing shooting practice and Benny McCarthy was getting annoyed with Garnacho because he was saying, you never try and head it at the back post. Why do you never try and head it? All you try and do is bicycle kicks. <laughs> and then that happens. I was actually with Paul McGuinness recently, a former United coach, you know, a long-standing um, you know, son of Wilf McGuinness as well, you know, a, a legendary figure at United. And he was saying in this sort of discussion that we were having that, that kids don't get taught to do overhead kicks anymore because it's like, you know, what are the chances of scoring one? So they kind of taught the stuff that you can repeat you know, on loop and kind of, you know, be structured about. And, and that's just something instinctive almost. But you can teach it, he was saying, you know, there's certain ways of building it into, you know, the kind of the, the, the physicality of it, the, the acrobatics behind it. You can do it. So hopefully that's something that he, I'm sure Paul was watching it and, and enjoying it. Carl, you need to be careful a little bit because you are still sat in a fairly busy press area. I can hear people talking behind you, but let's just indulge one last moment in this Garnacho goal. I mean, he's had his critics undoubtedly for his mentality. I mean, even Bruno Fernandes after the game was still sort of trying his best to keep his feet on the ground whatever way he could right throughout that interview. But how much of a moment could that be for for Garnacho? You're thinking back to even David Beckham's halfway line goal. It's an incredible moment for such a young player. Huge. Eric Ten Hag also joined Bruno Fernandes in trying to downplay things and said you can't compare... Garnacho's bicycle to kick to Ronaldo's one for Real Madrid against Juventus or Rooney's one against Man City. But that is, that won't be the image of, of Sunday because I think there'll be many, many uh, images of Everton fans waving their posters with the word corruption on it. But Garnacho will go away from that going, yeah, I'm a proper Premier League striker now. And at the 
this point in time also, he's probably the best choice to play on the left wing because Rashid was not impressive again against Everton. Andy, I mean, in terms of deciding a back page, are you having a picture of the Everton fans holding up the placards or are you having a picture of Alejandro Garnacho? It's quite a decision, that, really. I think if you're an editor, you might say that Manchester United is a bigger story than Everton and you go with that image. And when people do overhead kicks, it's such an acrobatic image as well. And I'm sure there'll be some amazing pictures. And we kept seeing reruns. That was one advantage of watching the game on TV. I kept seeing these reruns. I wouldn't much rather have, have, have been there. But it was so beautifully struck and people compared it to Rooney. I remember Mark Hughes scoring a stunning goal against Spain at Wrexham's racecourse ground about, about 1985. But wonderful, much-needed moment and Everton were a far better team after that. And I had doubts when I saw the lineup. I'll be honest. I thought, Cobby, great that he's getting a start, but he's still a young lad and he's still his debut. Everton were galvanised by what's gone on. We heard about what the atmosphere was going to be like. I thought Goodison looked really weird in red. You're just so used to it being being blue and all these cards are being being held up. But the stats, Everton had 24 shots. Manchester United had had nine. I thought United were much better in the second half, right from straight from after the break. I think Scott McTominay had a shot over. It's just nice to watch United and not see him concede a goal within five minutes of, of scoring one. To score three for Nice the... to all sit here with smiles on our faces oh, it's as great. well. Five wins out of six. I've still got major doubts about Manchester United, but United would do some luck. Do a penalty, do a VAR decision going the way of, of, <laughs> of, of the team. So many encouraging. Luke Shaw being back was good, but Cobby was absolutely fantastic. That goal would have really lifted Garnacho's confidence. Marcus's penalty as well. Clean sheet and some. Pretty decent saves for, for Anana. I thought Delo played well. Harry's playing well. Bruno acting like a captain, doing well. Palestre, um, a, a decent foil when he came on. And Martial, you know, first goal of the season. Puts his gloves always on. Always scores Bang. against Everton. He always scores against Everton. So. Nine goals against Everton now. Seven in the Premier League. That's So he's got three more goals against Everton than any other opponent he's ever yeah, played in his career. Um, also won the penalty. I will say, in terms of atmosphere, when that was going to VAR and it looked as if that penalty was given, you could feel quite a few people go, oh, oh, this is going to kick off. It's going to really kick off. I was really impressed by how United kept calm in circumstances that we've seen United be overruled and crumble under some really pressurised environments. Copenhagen away, Galatasaray when things swung as well. Uh, And one thing I was particularly looking for was the Everton fans were talking about protesting in the 10th minute waving the placards around and I you know, sent my watch to it what are United going to do in that 10th minute and when that moment came the ball was at Anana's feet and he just put his foot on the ball and just went I'm going to wait a couple seconds look left look right just take things easy and that's something United haven't been very good at this season No and that's exactly what they needed to do I mean Carl, I said before you were at Goodison Park um, it was obviously a big build up to the game we were talking bear pits and all this sort of stuff weren't we before the match I think someone uh, emailed in and said it was more like a teddy bear's picnic for Manchester United, which was a lovely line. Um, but it was certainly a very, very loud protest at the start and, and red placards hold up like we were saying as well. And this is what it sounded like. Hello, listener. That is Goodison Park. That's the Premier League anthem. It's being played before ever play Manchester United. 
very, very noisy protest. And I suppose Garnacho doing what he did so early in the game was absolutely the ideal way for United to combat that, Carl. Absolutely. You, know, you keep talking about sting out of the toe. I think Garnacho's early goal meant United didn't have to play at 100 miles an hour, which we know Bruno Fernandes and others often prefer to play. Also, I think was really good was, was Kobe. I'm going to keep calling him Kobe. I know I'm, I'm wrong here. Kobe like Robbie. You can't forget that. <laughs> All right, then. I, I actually advised John Champion how to pronounce his name in commentary for the World Feed today as well. Kobe like Robbie. Don't worry about it. Anyway, Maynard was very good at passing sideways. Uh, he So he was, he was number six today, dropped deep in between Maguire and Lindelof. He received the ball and just kept things ticking over. I think 81%. Pass completion rate, and it wasn't showbiz passes. It was just I'm going to look up if it's on, I'll play it, and if it's not on, I'm going to make sure we keep the ball. And this isn't groundbreaking, but I've looked at so many United teams the last couple of seasons, and Paul Pogba didn't do that all the time. Christian Eriksen can do that, but he tires after so many minutes. Casemiro doesn't do that all the time. You know, Scott McTominay doesn't do it all the time. The fact that Kobe can play in the half turn, he can run. And he understands, put my foot on the ball, calm it down, pass sideways. If it's on, it's on. If it's not, bump it back. You're just doing the basics really well. That's what you want to see from your academy graduate. He's a, what, he's a teenager, but he's playing like he's in his mid-20s. Yeah, he doesn't look like a young kid. He didn't look like someone who was making his first ever Premier League start on that pitch uh, this afternoon. Andy, you were there in the summer, obviously, when he picked up his injury um, against Real Madrid. But now we've got Christian Eriksen out. We don't know exactly for how long. Mason Mount on the treatment table again. This is an opportunity for him, isn't it? Yeah, it's hugely rated by by the coaching staff. I felt that some fans were getting carried away pre-season because he had a good first couple of minutes against Real Madrid, following on from an impressive couple of games uh, before that. And I felt that fans heaped too much expectation on, on a very young player. And the coaches I spoke to were like, yeah, he's very, very, very good, but, 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 don't expect... That type of performance we saw today, which was so so calm and so measured, and he saved a goal from going in with the outside of his foot in the first half. It's fantastic. Local boy, uh, he's from he's got Ghanaian um, heritage, which I think Carl will like. The Kobe thing came from from his dad, who was uh, watching him mid-season last year. He's a lovely, lovely fella. Everything I've heard about him is is positive. It was a shame that. He got injured, but if he can feature, and I mean genuinely feature this season, that would be a huge bonus because midfield has been a major problem. And even in the first half today, I was worried at how Everton were cutting through and creating a lot of chances against Manchester United, but really mature performance. Heard Roy Keane talking about it as well, someone who knows that position really well. And to do that um, at, at I'm not going to say bear pit at a ground as atmospheric as good as some Teddy park. Bear's picnic. <laughs> Real good test for Galatasaray on Wednesday because if you think that Goodison was loud, wait till you see what it's like in Turkey. Trust me, I've travelled the world watching matches and that is in the top two or three. It is that good. Yeah. And it's a huge game as well. So really good um, experience for, for them players today and the fact that five or six of them who needed a lift got a lift gives me a little bit of confidence going to a Galatasaray team who won 4-0 at home this weekend going to be a really tough one but 
so encouraging that win at Everton. Laurie, what what else stood out to you? Obviously, we'll talk about Bruno Fernandes giving away the penalty, but in terms of the overall performance for United, was it an improvement? Was was that actually finally? I mean, it's the biggest away win that Eric Ten Hag's ever had um, in the Premier League for United. It was the biggest win since the veterans played up front at Spurs and we won 3-0 under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. But the overall performance, it was more there, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Certainly that 20 minutes where we're going into that expecting Everton to start really fast. And I know it's a it's kind of freak goal. You can't really legislate for something like that happening to take the sting out of it. It would have been interesting if that hadn't gone in, whether you know Everton would have mounted that kind of surge earlier. But I do think that they, they then, you know, second period of that first half, they did uh, put United under a lot of pressure and really should have scored at least once. Um, I think Onana did well to stand up to it, as Andy's touched on. Maynou uh, managing to clear off the line was a, a great effort as well. Um, some poor Everton finishing. So there was, the, there was the kind of familiar hallmarks of a United team kind of crumbling a little bit without ever... There weren't any mistakes that you'd say and, and that United were, were crumbling on. I, I think maybe the Rashford one where he's a bit too weak on the, the, the right wing and, and Everton get in and then it's a Ducore shot wide. I think that's probably the one area where say United could have done better there but a lot of it was Everton just going on the front foot and kind of getting the ball in the box and um, you know when you've got Dominic Calvert-Lewin who's really good in the air then they get those second balls and I think the fact that United then came out on the second half and Ten Hag said he had a go at the players at half time you know it wasn't good enough from what he was seeing. He had a good view today as well didn't he? Exactly well he was next to Darren Fletcher who was um, in that game that Rooney scored his uh, bicycle kick in in 2011 next to uh, Patrick Stewart interim chief executive hey Andy talk uh, to the devil's listener yeah. a- answer of questions <laughs> he got back to us within hours well done Patrick did he get it right Andy well not only did he get it right because all I said was I want a one word email so I got that with the correct answer and then I got a second email saying that the question was insultingly easy so I thought all right then I'm going to pull up a really hard one not just not just yet just give me a few days okay. What I like is the fact that he did send you the one-word answer as requested, and then a secondary email insulting your question. He didn't. He didn't merge the two because that might have disqualified him from the Andy Mitten quiz, might it? Because you know you were very clear on the rules of the quiz. So you know that's a that's a lawyer for you there. I suppose that's a lawyer um, for you exactly. But he uh, <laughs> he looked like he was enjoying it today. I mean, when the camera cuts to the officials, it's usually because something bad has been happening. And I know that there was more attention today because Eric Tenag was there as well. John Murta was sat behind him um, and Darren Fletcher there as well. So, yeah, maybe keep him in the stands if you're going to win every game 3-0. Well, he got a great view of the goal, didn't he? And, and I mean, I don't know if, what he thought of the penalty. Well, you know what he thought of the penalty because, you know, clearly it got overruled. But I think that was a, a crucial element, right? I mean, if, if VAR isn't there, that, that then goes down as a Marshall dive and, you know, Rashford doesn't get his penalty. I mean, I guess we'll get onto this, Ian. But, like, I'm, I'm really intrigued about that whole period where Bruno gives... Rashford the penalty clearly it wasn't I was wondering whether it was pre-designed but clearly it wasn't because it was you know Tenag spoke about Fernandez sort of sensing it and, and feeling that Rashford needed to take that penalty and and get that confidence and penalties have certainly been a big thing for Rashford since he's not been kind of the designated penalty taker yeah Carl what happened there because obviously you know on television all it was shown us really was the VAR review I'm guessing the two were having a conversation at that point yeah it really looked as if while the VAR review was going on Fernandez was holding the ball. We've seen other teams do this. I know Chelsea did this with Aspilicueta before, where one player holds onto the ball and takes whatever amount of sledging from the opposition. <laughs> Ashley Young uh, definitely doing some sledging, money. <laughs> and then, and then at the last minute, you, you give it to your other taker. Rashford needed that. That was not a good performance from him on the right hand side. He, he overplayed the ball two or three times, and he ran down a lot of blind corridors. So, but very, very good penalty, and he was a bit brighter after that. 
and improved again when he got moved to the left and eventually got moved up front as well. Rashford's durability means he'll probably feature in these starting lineups for however long until we find out Hoyland's injury. But it's not the Rashford that was uh, tearing things up at the start of the year, unfortunately. No, and he won't be in the team against Galatasaray, of course, will he, after his red card against Copenhagen? It is just the one game, though, so he will be available for the final group match and hopefully Manchester United's chances are still... Uh, intact of going through to the knockout stages by then. I mean, Andy, the, the Bruno Fernandes thing, if Rashford scores, it's brilliant captaincy, he's sensed the moment, he's done exactly the right thing. If Rashford misses, he's going to be criticised till kingdom come. I thought it was good captaincy. I was asked by The Athletic two weeks ago to write a piece on leadership and I went and spoke to as many sources as I could and what came back to me was glowing references for Bruno Fernandes. And... If the truth was different, those people would not have been glowing. They came back to me and were saying, he's a fantastic captain, he's doing everything he can behind the scenes, on the pitch, in the dressing room. Yes, he's petulant, but that's just because of his desire to, to win and because of his own frustrations. I thought the him giving that to Marcus today, as he explained in his post-match interview, was good. And Marcus has got to back himself to score a penalty. It was a decent penalty. The strikers, no strikers scored for eight or nine games. That that is a that's a really bad statistic. So the fact that three scored in one match, hopefully, will will give some lift off. That that's what we're all hoping from this. Not just a one win, but that the team start to convince more. Because even when United have been winning matches, it's often been really unconvincing. Today, especially in the second half and the first few minutes of the first half. Manchester United looked like a good Manchester United side uh, should should do. Bruno also looked more like captain material in all other phases. He he did not sort of run in the referee's face and, and yell for decisions. I think part of that is also because the referee was getting a very hard time with things at Goodison. Any foul, any foul intervention he made and gave to Manchester United's way saw just a parade of boos. Um, but that was it, it was sensible. This was this was a really competent performance from a lot of United players. Ten Hag in his post match said that he, he thought United were a bit too passive in parts of the first half, so he tried he, he urged them to increase the pace in the second. Uh, and one thing I, I noticed was there were loads of phases of play when, when United just went, you know what? Everton have blocked off one flank with their press, so we're just gonna go all go all the way back to Anana and then try and change the angle. That's the sort of thing that Ten Hag was trying to do a couple of times. Um, I think that's harder to do at home. Maybe, you know, the old traffic crowd doesn't appreciate the fact you, you pass all the way backwards sometimes. Ten Hag says sometimes you've got to do it. I love the decorum that you're showing at this precise moment, Carl, and the way you're speaking and your hushed tones. You're even hunched towards the microphone just in case there's anyone who could be offended by Manchester United praise in the vicinity. I, I, I love that. Um, a stat, actually, for everyone. Manchester United have won a Premier League away game by three-plus goals despite having fewer shots than their opponent for the first time since October 2015 which was also a 3-0 win against Everton. It's nice when things like that happen. Four points off the top four, six points now off the new leaders, Arsenal. A list of 10 absentees, something like that, from the team, Andy. But three Premier League wins in a row, 280 minutes without conceding in the league, Onana with the joint most clean sheets. All right, isn't it? Martial looking like the main man coming into winter, <laughs> as he does. It's great, and I love the mood on, on this podcast. You mentioned Arsenal at the top, City. 
Spurs, according to the London media in recent months, are the, the, the greatest team that football has ever seen. How many points are they clear of United now? 20? 30? Tottenham Hotspur are also called. Wonderful team. New, the new manager, Ange, Robbie Williams, singing his name, beat Manchester United, about to win a first league title since they were formed about 600 years ago. And Spurs, let me just look now. Two points clear of Manchester United, a faltering Manchester United team. And Spurs are only two points ahead of them. Can't wait to play them at Old Trafford. Hope it's half as good as a game against Spurs uh, last season. But into December, you've got them free games at Old Trafford. If you can just build, make Old Trafford a, a fortress again, those players who we've spoken about doing well today, Luke Shaw coming back is another positive as well. Just keep building on that. That's all Eric Tenag has been wanting. He keeps saying, we will turn the corner. It won't always be like this. So when fans are despairing, and we were pretty despairing after that derby a few weeks ago. There was a point in the late on in the first half where Luke Shaw bought a foul and it was one of those things that United have been desperately needing from all his time out. He's sort of on the ball on the left, sees the Corey just honing in on him and he's like, right, okay, he's going to foul me. Just nudges the ball forward, stands there, waits for the Corey to collide with him. And he's like, there, done. It was nice skill. I think he let it through his legs, didn't he? This is it. He's like, yeah. And if you look back at Everton a year a year ago, that was all about Casemiro. That was his first great game. That was, this is the man. So to do it without him, Cristiano Ronaldo scored in that game at Goodison last year. It's mad to think that that's only last season, isn't it? Cristiano Ronaldo scoring for Manchester United. And of course, Anthony Martial, but then he was playing against Everton. So some things never change. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's good. It's good. You, you know, you're looking at this fixture list now, Newcastle, Newcastle away, Chelsea at home. Chelsea, that'll be a draw because that's how that thing works. Uh, then it's Bournemouth and Liverpool. So it's, it's just about getting consistency in reps before you go off to Anfield in the middle of December. And then we can have a proper gauge as to whether or not we can get carried away with the United again. Yeah, all good for the minute, whichever way you look at it. No doubt about that. If you want to read Carl's take on the win at Everton, he's focusing in on Kobe Manu, then you can do that, of course, by going to The Athletic. Laurie is also writing on there about whether that was the greatest goal in Manchester United's Premier League history by Alejandro Garnacho. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, time to preview Galatasaray, but our man Carl needs to go. You need to escape from the press area at Goodison Park, don't you? <laughs> I do. I've been getting a couple of couple of looks when I was just praising United. So yeah, time yeah, to go. I'm gonna quit while I'm ahead. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, mate. Thank you. Take care. Yep, safe journey home, Carl. And a safe journey home was what Andy Mitten got when he was deported from Turkey in 1994 is that right well 1993 mate I got I got through oh, I got through unscathed in that was nearly perfect you never forget your first time do you uh, along with uh, <laughs> what being deported from Turkey <laughs> I've only ever been deported from one country <laughs> yeah to see a deportee stamp in, in your passport 164 of us went there actually stamp it yeah they stamp it <laughs> Yeah, and you've not read his piece on the Athletic, have you, Laurie? Come on, I'll mate. I'll reread it again. Sorry, it was frightening. It was really frightening, and we were uh, rounded up, put in police stations, kept for twenty-four hours without food or drink, forced to f- sign papers which we which we couldn't understand. Uh, I was a student journalist at the time and had a little tape recorder. This is long before mobile phones. You know, could could do anything but make phone calls, and we were walking through the streets being followed by uh, local Turkish fans, probably Galatasaray fans. And at one point, something whacked me on the head. And I said, uh, been hit by a brick, been hit by a brick. And my mate went, it was a watermelon, you knob. <laughs> it was very, very frightening. And we got back to our hotel. The fighting was sustained between Manchester United fans and people outside from the local area. Went back to my room. All the windows had been put through. Brick on, uh, actually in in my bedroom, went to sleep after about an hour, was woken up by Turkish police prodding, prodding me with batons, um, saying what we took to be, we take you to another hotel, which made sense because I'm sleeping in a room with no windows and glass all over the floor. And they took us to various police stations. It wasn't another hotel and um, basically tried to insinuate we'd been drunk and to sign um, forms admitting to that, which we didn't do. It was awful. We didn't see the game. We had our passports confiscated. We got back on the plane. The pilot was was amazing. He said, I'm not leaving here until you get your passports back. Uh, An official came on with a black bin liner and just emptied and all his passports went all over the floor and everyone scrambled to get the passport back and they'd all had deportee on. And when we got back to Manchester Airport, the media were waiting and it's like three or four in the morning now. So we've I've not been to sleep for like 32 hours or something stupid. And at first they thought typical English hooligans. And I thought, I've done absolutely nothing wrong here at all. And I was thrust forward by some of the lads because, um, yeah, you do that journalism thing, don't you? Go and speak to them cameras. So I did it. And um, Manchester United supported us. The British government supported us. Uh, we had new passports issued for free. And I've been back to Turkey many times since. I, I love the country. I love watching football there. I've great respect for Turkish football culture. Love Istanbul as a city. Can't wait to go this week. 
some of the best atmospheres I've ever experienced have been in Turkish football grounds. Bursa with Manchester United, Fenerbahce, Galatasaray. The original one was the Welcome to Hell. And I think we're going to see a repeat of that on Wednesday because when United last played Galatasaray, it was a dead rubber in December 12. This is not a dead rubber. This will be fearsome. I went back in 2012, nothing to do with Man United, to do a piece about how Galatasaray had the loudest fans in the world. And I was given a, a machine called something like a, a decibel reader. And I went in with the home fans and they were great with me. I think they were flattered that I was writing about them being the loudest fans in the world. They wore it as a badge of honour. And the readings I were getting, uh, when we got back and analysed them, it was like, this is dangerous for a human to be to be in an atmosphere that really? loud. Really? Really. Wow. Yeah. It, it really is special. And that's why Manchester United overcoming Everton is a really good test. It's better than Luton at Old Trafford. For some of them younger yeah. lads. Yeah. But they'll have to really yeah, be absolutely. on it in, in, in Istanbul on Wednesday. Yeah, obviously, we've talked about your memories of being in Istanbul. You know, that was a 0 nil draw in 93. 94 was a 0 nil draw. 2012, when you went back, was a 1-0 defeat as well. So Manchester United have never scored away from home against Galatasaray in the Champions League. They need to do that. Laurie, they need to win this game without question. If they win against Galatasaray and they beat by Munich at home that should just about rescue a place in the knockout stages depending on what Copenhagen do in their two games I think they've got to win both though to ensure that United um, don't go through and of course they're facing Bayern Munich and Galatasaray in their games we can't build it up anymore really can we? Yeah no must win obviously the game in Copenhagen affected things dramatically could have been a case of actually just needing a draw in uh, Istanbul really and yeah totally swung it with the way that the game finished so yeah they've got to go and win it um, I think the Everton game gives a bit more confidence doesn't it will be really interesting to see if he starts um, minor again uh, because you know he started him over Sofian Amrabat you know the guy that he brought in this summer um, does he start him again in Istanbul I mean I think what he what minor did really well at Everton was kind of he wasn't rushed at all so he would he would yeah. even in the second half I think it was you've got Calvert-Lewin sort of rushing him and it's a ball from Bruno Fernandes and he kind of just waits and waits and he's he's not going to be harried into sort of making a decision and, he, and then he, he sort of baits him almost into it and just nips it round him and then so that kind of stuff I think would work really well. Being you press know. resistant, United's yeah. midfielders are not particularly good at that, even the yeah. first choice ones. So. Yeah, he wanted the ball, he was calm, he could turn on it as well and, and, and play it forward. So I think that'll be really interesting if Ten Hag does select him, but I think he will after that performance. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, even though you know Amrabat was a, a brilliant player in the final against West Ham, wasn't he? in the Europa Conference League so he's got that European pedigree I mean maybe that that's, that affects things a little bit um, I wonder if Rasmus Hoyland will actually be fit for this one given I you know uh, incorrectly uh, suggested he might be fit for the Goodison game <laughs> although it was touch and go I suppose in the end and maybe Ten Hag looked at Marshall's test, record late fitness test let's claim he failed a late fitness test I suppose maybe he looked at Marshall's record against Everton and thought yeah uh, I'll, I'll, I'll stick him in again and, and save Rasmus for the, the game where uh, Rashford's uh, suspended but if he's available then I think that I don't know I, it could be one of these games that really 
goes down in Tenag's legacy. Actually, if if he's able to turn this situation round in a difficult match like this, then I, I think that would really spur the confidence and the the belief in the whole team. I'm watching Andy here actually, and he's got a a tracksuit on because I know we were debating what kind of manager he'd be uh, at Goodison, and he's obviously gone for the for the tracksuit at home to watch it, given he wasn't there. I just hope he's actually not going to wear that in Istanbul because I think that might cause a bit more trouble if you're walking through the streets of Istanbul with a looking like a hooligan. Mate, I've seen you walking through the streets of Dublin with a black bin lying around on your back <laughs> and just be laughing at you thinking, can't believe you've taken to the streets dressed like that. So if you're on my case about my tracksuit top. Well, as for a manager, a start would have actually been getting to the stadium today, which I wasn't able to do, which you, you two keep reminding me of. Not a sore point with me tonight at all, trust me. I mean, if that is United's final ever game at Goodison Park, Andy, yeah, how, how do you feel about that? <sighs> You're touching like the real, real sore point here. <laughs> I first went to Goodison when I was like, I don't know, 17, and I was so looking forward to it. And... um. Well, I missed it, but what do you do? You, you're a dad yourself. If you, if your daughter's poorly, she's gonna take priority. But in my yeah. sick mind, I'm thinking, right, you'd be sweet. It's ten o'clock now. You've been sick twice. Good night's sleep. Get up in the morning. I'll leave you to it. But when it got to three and four in the morning, even I thought, nah, you've got to be sensible here. You've got to look after her, and that's what I did. Yeah, have you actually managed man. to find a, a trip from? Barcelona to Istanbul now. Yeah. Andy. Oh yeah. Have you, have you, re- have you got recalibrated you flights? Yeah. I've um, I won't say recalibrated. I say I've been stung for another flight because this has all cost me <laughs> a right few hundred quid. Uh, Jet two di- didn't want to know. Just now, uh, it's too late. You lose your flight. Um, Easy Jet tomorrow into Istanbul. Yeah, I've lost that one as well. But no, there is a flight actually. So I get there at. Six o'clock on Monday. I'm chasing a couple of lads down who play football over there, hopefully to interview them for, for the Athletic. And I'll hopefully watch United's 19s as well. They play Galatasaray on Wednesday afternoon in a stadium that I've not been to before. Honestly, I've not Oh, heard. wow, here we go. <laughs> Double bonus. You'll feel more, much more like yourself in that environment, Andy, than you do this evening. It'll be a distant memory of missing Manchester United's final ever game at Goodison Park, one of the most famous grounds in English football history. <laughs> you are just you know, unrelenting with this salt, be. aren't you? don't think it'll be an issue at all. As long as your daughter's okay now, that's the main thing, you know. She's absolutely fine. Well, she's nearly, she, 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 she's, she's improved today. She's not absolutely fine. But she's going to be yeah. all right. But yeah, cheers for letting me dwell on this even more. But looking forward to Istanbul, top, top city. And uh, yeah. if United can get a result there, as you both said, a win there would be huge. Can you imagine, can you actually imagine your reaction, Andy, if Manchester United draw Everton away in the third round of the FA Cup? I know, oh, I know. Yeah, so great show. I, I was thinking like that, but then if you think of it logically, Ian, Manchester United don't, like get, you. don't get drawn away, do they? They only get drawn at home. <laughs> no, they have so them at home. it's impossible... Yeah, but what a way to end this run of consecutive no, it's going to run for like six, cup draws. 60 years, mate. It's just going to run forever. Once you get through that seven or eight game barrier and you're into 12 and 13, you're just going away. Home, yeah. home, home, yeah. home. Be like ball number six, Everton. Ball number, what, 16, Manchester United. It's something like that normally, isn't it? The only other way it can happen is if the stadium's not ready for the start of next season. And yeah, it's possible. It, and it might not be. And Manchester United play there early on next season. But look, you can't have everything in life, can you? No, you can't. 
Um, that's it for talk. The Devils. We better leave it there before Andy combusts. Um, Laurie and Andy, thank you so much for joining us to pour over finally a positive performance in the Premier League by Manchester United. We'll be back after Galatasaray, no matter what happens. Thank you to Carl as well. We'll be back after Galatasaray, like I say. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening. Bye bye. The Athletic.